Let's bow our heads as we come together uh, at God's word. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful for yet another opportunity to come before you. Oh, we seek your face. And so today we ask that you come and speak to our hearts, words of life. You connect us with your truth, Lord God. Help us to know you more. And by that, to love you more and to trust you more until we see you face to face. Thank you for your word and your spirit that makes it clear to us. Speak to our hearts now, mighty King. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back uh, to another week in the study of God's word. Um, I want to speak to you today about how we prepare for Christ's coming. James had a lot to say about that combined with Jesus and Paul and uh, the Apostle John and throughout scriptures uh, is very, very profound. So we're going to be looking at it today and next week. Uh, and many people have wondered, many people have wondered whether we are in the last days. Because everything feels like the world is coming to an end. Does it feel like that? I mean, for people who are students of the Bible, you see all these signs and it tells us that, hey, it is just about time. Uh, now, the good news is this, that as believers, we know how it's all going to end. And in the end, the Bible is very clear that we win. In the end, we believers win. We're going to get hauled out into the presence of God, a place called paradise where there is no sin, no shame, no sadness, uh, no sickness, no worry, no fear. Uh, and God is just going to shower us with rewards and his goodness forever and ever and ever and ever. Since I go to prepare a place for you, that is the grand finale. That is the apex of the salvation experience that Jesus paid for his blood for us. So, so we know that the end is good for us. We win in the end. We're going to be home with the Lord forever and ever and ever. Now, if you've ever watched a movie or read a novel where you already know how it's going to end, you don't get nervous about the tense parts that happened in the middle of the story, right? You know how it's going to end. Um, and so if there is uh, any sadness or worry or any uh, kind of uh, challenge going on, oh, yeah, 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 this will pass because I've seen the movie or I've read the book before, and that's how it's going to end. So it is in the Christian experience that the Bible tells us that there will be troubling times that are, are, are going to happen. And we're going to look at, we're, we're look at some of those today. For, for believers, while we see them and we'll experience them, we ought to know the end of the story. That the end will be good. We will be safe in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Uh, and that's why today in our series through the book of James, I want us to look at how to hold on to our faith in preparation for Christ's coming. We ought to buckle down. We ought to have our seatbelt on. Uh, because God has planned some turbulent, troubling times that he says has never been seen even before the beginning of time. And knowing uh, what God says... And what we should do in preparation for the end of the world should relieve a little bit of our tension and anxiety. Because these truly are the last days. And, and even beyond the last days, these are the latter days. Because it's past the last days when you really dig into scripture. Uh, and, and, and so four times in the amazing little book of James, the apostle James reminds us that Jesus is going to come back to the earth one day. Now, we don't know when he's going to come. Nobody knows. 
If somebody tells you that they know the time when Jesus is coming back, you know that they are dead wrong because Jesus himself said no one knows except the Father. But there is more information about Jesus' second coming in the Bible than there is about his first coming in the Bible. Very, some very good theologians have said that one out of every four verse, every four statements in the Bible is related to the future second coming of Christ. Jesus talked more about his coming again than he did on every subject in the Bible. It is this important. There is a lot there that we ought to know about what's going to happen in the end days. And so today what, what, what I want to do is I want to give you a survey of what the last days will be like right before Jesus comes back. We don't know when, but what are those days going to look like? And then I want to share with you from the book of James how we ought to prepare for the second coming of Christ because the Bible also tells us that. The Bible doesn't leave us in a quandary. Now, I want you to notice these four verses from the book of James on your message notes outlined today. Look at how James teased it up all through the book of James. Four times he tells us what's going to happen. Look at this. Look at this. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's begin. Look at uh, James 5, 7. It says, be patient then, brothers, until what? The Lord's coming. And that's a mention of the Lord's second coming, right? And then he adds again, look at verse 8 of James 5. He says what? Do not give up hope because the Lord's coming is soon. So he says don't give up hope. Be steadfast. There's going to be persecution, hardships, challenges, trouble. There are things that will, has been scheduled uh, prophetically to happen. That will be troubled times. But be patient. Be steadfast. Hold on to your faith. Brace up. The Lord is coming soon. Then he tells us in James 2.12, he says this. He says what? Speak and act as those who are going to be judged. You see, the first time Jesus came, he came to save the world. The second time he's coming to judge the world. And for us believers, he will reward us who have what followed him. So the second time is going to be judgment for unbelievers and rewards for us. So he says what? Hey, it's, it's happening. Now, in verse 9, in James 5, 9, he says, that he says, the judge is near, ready to appear. The judge is near, ready. He's standing at the door. It's right, it's right there. It's right there. I mean, it's on divine schedule. And so, uh, I want to share with you what we ought to know, what those last days are going to look like. So we are in the know of that because the Bible is replete. The Bible has volumes of volumes of this truth about how it's going to look like. And it also tells us how we ought to prepare for that. So number one, what will the last days look like? What would that look like? Well, Jesus summed it up in Matthew 24, 21. Look at this, Matthew 24, 21. Read that with me. Jesus is speaking. He says what? There will be what? Great distress. One more time. There will be what? Great distress in the world unequaled from the beginning of the world. He says there will be great distress in the world unparalleled. I mean, unequaled since the world began. 
And so if anybody told you that as a child of God, you will not have any trouble in your life, they just lied to you. Because this is part of divine schedule that there will be trouble. And we see that in our world. Wars, farming, racism, discrimination, persecution. The hearts of mankind are very wicked. There are terrible things that have happened and will continue to happen leading up to the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There will what? Great distress. Now, to know the details of the second coming of Christ, you find that description in Matthew 24. So I want to encourage you to really read Matthew 24 and hear from Jesus himself what is going to happen just before he, the, 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 the trumpet blast and the archangel announces that the king of kings and the, and the son of God is coming again and he descends on earth. So Jesus I mean, gives us his description in Matthew 24. Uh, Paul describes that in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. Peter also describes that in 2 Peter 3, 3 and 10 to 13. These are long passages. I didn't put that in your outline. It's up on, on our church website. So for those of you who are online, you can see that. But I, but I want to read those to you because you need to know and you need to realize some of the things that have happened, will happen, will continue to happen leading up to a coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So here's, what, here, here's Jesus speaking in Matthew 24, verse, verse 7 and 11. He says what? There will be what? Famines and earthquakes. Look at that, that there will be what? Epidemics and plagues. Well, we've experienced those, right? And we'll continue to experience those. There will be famines and earthquakes. Look at epidemics and plagues everywhere. All these things are like what the first pains of childbirth. He says that's that's not it. That's just the beginning. That's the opening act. It's it's gonna rise up. It's gonna increase. It will intensify. Since the beginning of time, they are like the birth pains of childbirth. You will be arrested and handed over to be punished and be put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. Jesus speaking, he says, well, many will give up their faith at that time. They will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and fool many people. Isn't that the times that we are in? It's happened before. It's continuing to happen. He says, such will be the spread, such that there will be the spread of evil that many people's love will grow cold. He says, but whoever holds out to the end will be saved. And this good news about the kingdom will be preached through the world for a witness to all people, and then the end will come. Amen. He says, hey, the gospel is going to preach everywhere to every tribe in every area, including remote areas that have never heard the gospel before. He says they're going to hear it, and Jesus will give them the opportunity to know him and decide to come to faith in him before he comes. That's some of the details from Jesus. Now look at Paul. Picking up on Jesus' teaching in 2 Timothy, also describing the last days or what we will call the latter days because it's way past the last days. Right, let's read that together. He says, well, there will be what? Terrible times in the last days. There will be what? Jesus said great distress, right? Paul says what? Terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiven, slanderous. You say, Pastor Mike, this is the way it's been. It's getting worse. Yes, it is. Way past the last days, these are what? The latter days. Let's keep reading. He says, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Isn't that 
so many people who go to church, they love the music and the party and the dress and the lights and everything, but in their lifestyle, far away from God, right? So, Jesus tells us that, amen, we heard from Jesus, we've heard from Paul, hear what the Apostle Peter also tells us in 2 Peter 3, I'm 2 Peter 3. It says this, in the last days, what? Scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. In other words, there are people who will be living by what? Their, their desires. I, I feel this way, so it must be right. I deserve it. I work hard. And so this is what I want to do. I want to do it myself. They will feel, uh, uh, following their own desires. If it feels good, do it. They just want to do every evil thing that they desire. Now, Peter explains what's going to actually happen on the actual day of Jesus' return. Look at this. Look at this. Look at verse 10 to 11. It says, the day of the Lord will what? come like what? A thief. Since everything will be destroyed, what kind of people ought you to be? And that's the question that I want us to think about today. He says, okay, you've heard about all these terrible times. You've seen that everything eventually will get shut down. Heaven and earth will be destroyed. What you see, what you know will no longer be here. And Jesus is coming back. There will be a new heaven, a new earth where he will be with him forever. And so what kind of people should we be? What ought to be our behavior? What ought to be the choices we make? What ought to be our, our conduct knowing that it's all going to wrap up? Everything you see is temporary. What should we do? What should we do? Now, Peter tells us this. Let's keep reading. He says what? Uh, look at verse 11 to 12. He says what? You ought to be what? Live holy and godly lives as you would look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So from a big picture perspective, here's what you got to do today. You've got to what? Look forward. You've got to look forward. <laughs> Amen. You ought to live today heaven focused. You ought to live today with eternity in mind. You want to live today knowing that this is not your permanent state. That there is heaven in store for you and there are rewards and crowns that are awaiting you in heaven. And so what should you do? You should live holy and godly lives. And by doing that, you're going to speed the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know about you, but I don't want to be here one small second beyond the time that Jesus will come and wrap it all over. Because this is not what it's meant to be. This is not what the apex of salvation. You want to speed, it's coming. Speed is coming. I will talk about that in a moment. Amen. The apostle Peter puts it in vivid language in Second Peter 3.13. He says, we are what? Looking forward to the new heaven and a new earth that Jesus has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness where there will be only what? goodness says that ought to be your motivation when persecution hardships discrimination hatred challenges difficulties plagues sicknesses when they all come he says understand this you need to look forward you need to look forward to the new heavens and the new earth that jesus has promised it's not going to be forever. Whatever you're going through will not tarry forever and ever and ever. There is a world that is coming that is filled with God's righteousness where there is only 
goodness. There is only goodness. A world filled with righteousness where there will only be goodness. There will be no evil, no sin, no sorrow, no suffering, no sadness, no pain. And it said it's coming to a conclusion, so look forward to that. Look forward to that. So when you read all these scary things of great trouble and great distress and the hearts of mankind getting called, and you say, I'm just praying that everybody will act well and things will go great. No, it will not all get great. If somebody says, I will pray for you so that you will never have any trouble in life, they lie to you. They haven't prepared you for what destiny says it will happen. What is scheduled in heaven will come to pass on earth. Great distress and great trouble. But it says, hey, understand this. You know the end of the movie. You know the end of the journey. You are going home. And so when you are traveling and there's a little turbulence on the road, there's a little shaking on the road, the storm is coming, you know where you are going. You know where you are going, that you will eventually end home. And so brace yourself. Hold on to your faith. Don't get stressed out. That is not the end of things. In the end, as believers, we win. We win, we win, we win. Because we are going to a place where the, the Bible says it is all brand new a new heaven and a new earth a world filled with God's righteousness everything there is right everything is perfect a place where there will only be goodness it will not happen here it will not happen here on earth there will not be only goodness on this earth it happens in heaven glory to God at the coming the second coming of Christ amen Goodness will live there. I want to be there. But before then he says brace up. Having read all these passages that we've talked about. Would you say we are living in the last days? <laughs> no, it's past the last days. We are living in the latter days. Say latter days. <laughs> Nobody knows when that day is. But we know it's way past time. Because everything we read, we know it's happening. Hearts of people getting cold, persecution, hatred, envy, jealousy, pride, selfishness, anger, rebellion. It's happening. It's happening across the board. Wars, famine, epidemics. Glory to Almighty God. 2,000 years has passed since these were written and everything we've read, it is beginning to happen and it has continued to happen even in greater intensity, isn't that? And so we are closer to the Lord's return than has ever been at any other time in history. Now, it says do everything you can to speed, to speed up its coming, right? You and I speed up is coming by living what <laughs> holy and godly lives. <laughs> by looking forward to the new heavens. <laughs> Glory to God. Be earthly minded, but be, be heaven focused. Tell somebody, be what earthly minded, but be what be heaven focused. So how do you do that? Right? Well, that's what we do every day. We live in a moment, but what we're also looking forward. If you know you have to go to work at 8 o'clock, what are you doing? You get up early, you take a shower, you are preparing to be able to leave early so you can get there on time. 
if you're going to have a baby, you know what's going to happen, right? Or you have a grandchild that's coming. You, are, you don't wait till they call you from the hospital to say the baby has come before. It says, I got to go get diapers, <laughs> right? You're living today, but you're looking forward in preparation for what's coming. And to, to do that, God has said, we ought to live holy lives. Now, this generation right now is seriously, let me share something through, seriously working towards finishing the tax. And Jesus said this, he says, the gospel will be preached. He says, look at, look, look at this. It says, the time when we know, bam, it's here, it's this. Matthew 24, 14. Read that with me. He says, Jesus is speaking. He says, the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. You know, they say there are about 3,000 or so small tribal groups in far remote areas who haven't heard about Jesus, don't have a church there, haven't heard about a Bible. And there is a group, a global coalition called Finishing the Task. Say that with me. Finishing the Task. Composed of thousands of mission agencies and churches who are committed to putting Christian workers in what's called, they call them the unengaged people groups. <laughs> These are small tribes of people located in the remotest part of the world who haven't heard the gospel. Haven't heard about the saving grace of God. Haven't heard about the, the, the good news that without Christ you are headed towards doom and damnation. And Jesus says, hey, I'm going to give them time to be able to hear about my saving grace and give them the opportunity to make a decision to be with me or not to be with me. And he says, I'm not coming until then. The good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the, and then the end will come. <laughs> But finishing the tax coalition is working hard of it. <laughs> they are putting Christian workers who are in there loving on them, who are in there preaching the gospel, who are building little churches, translating the Bible into these remote languages, training their own people. They are working very hard, and, and, and it's going. Amen. When God says, do everything you can to speed its coming, it's, it's on a glory to God. There are pastors who are quitting their churches and focus on this stuff. It's like, yes, God says we should speed his coming and we don't want things to delay because the things are getting worse. It is past the last days. These are the latter days. And we can somehow contribute to all this wrapping up so we get to paradise quicker. Amen. I want to be there quicker. Finishing the task. When you have some time and you go home, pull it up. Google finishing the task and pray that things will speed up. Now, three times in, in the, the, the passage, Matthew 24, which is the hallmark of Jesus coming, where Jesus talked about, hey, these are the end times. These are the signs that you will be looking for. Jesus describes what things are going to look like before he comes. And three times in Matthew 24, he says this, be ready, be ready, be ready. Say that with me. Be ready, be ready, be ready. He says, you don't know when it's going to come, but the Bible has given you so many signs. Your job, your job as a Christian, your responsibility, you and I's responsibility is to what? Prepare and be ready for that day coming. 
Now, you say, what do I need to do to get ready? I'm glad you asked the question. <laughs> because that's what the Apostle James, in the book of James, tells us what to do. Six times in the book of James gives us practical instructions to help us prepare for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are six of them. It says, regardless of how short or how long that happens, Jesus is definitely going to come back, but this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Now, for the sake of time, today I'm going to touch on three. Next we got Will, and we'll touch on the remaining three. So, number one, the first thing the Apostle James tells us to do, how should I live to prepare for Christ's coming? What are the preparation steps that I need to undertake for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? The first is this. The first is this. Is that what I must clean out the garbage in my life? Say that with me. I must what? Clean out the garbage in my life. Now, this is not my word. It's the Bible word. Clean out the garbage in our life. Now, follow this analogy with me. Whenever you have a guest coming over, what do you do? What do you do? You clean up, right? You pick up the garbage. You clean the place. You straighten up. You tidy up. It so happens that, you know... I mean, every time, so sometimes when I'm cleaning the house, my wife will ask me, who is coming, who is coming, who is coming by? Because <laughs> it's coming. When somebody's coming by, you try to put things in place. We tidy it up. Why? Because we want our home to be as nice as possible for our guests. Well, Jesus is coming. And you want to prepare for that event. Look at what James tells us. James, after telling us, get ready, Jesus is coming, get ready four times. He tells us all through the book of James. Here's what he tells us in James 1, verse 20 to 21. Amen. He says what? Human anger does not achieve God's righteous purpose. So do what? Get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he put points in your hearts, which is able to save you. <laughs> and what is James saying? He said there's going to be bad times. There's going to be terrible times. There's going to be great distress. But getting angry, getting frustrated, getting mad. Then look at everything that's happened. I can't, I can't take this anymore. Look at the trouble I'm going through. Look at the trouble my child is going through. Look at the trouble the world is going through. Look at, it. look at what happened to my job. Look at what happened to my hometown. Look at what happened to my parents. Look at what he says. He says getting angry isn't going to change nothing. Getting frustrated about these last days, these latter day events that has been prescribed isn't going to change anything. But here's what you can affect. Here's what you control. Here's what you own. Get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Clean out the garbage in your life. Live holy and righteous life. Own your actions. Own your behaviors. Because it's not about them. It's about you and God. Yes, it's terrible, it's horrible, it's painful, it's something that, boy, you have not ever experienced that before, as the Bible tells us, it will be as terrible as never seen before, but don't get angry, don't get frustrated, when you turn on your news, and you see the infighting, the wars, the famine, all the earthquakes that are going on, all the tornadoes that are wiping out families, all the hardships that are going on, all the epidemics, one after the other, COVID is still with us. He says, don't get angry. Don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. But this is what you can do. You cannot do much about it, but you can take care of you. Get rid of the filth in your life. 
says, get rid of it. You get yourself ready for that day. Amen. When you see your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and look forward to him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Be faithful in your choices. Be faithful in your actions. Be faithful in your day-to-day. He says, take out the garbage in your own life. And that's the first thing you need to do. Paul talks about this also. Colossians 3, the book of Colossians 3, 4 to 8. Read that with me. He says what? Christ is your life. And when he comes again, step right there. So he's talking about Jesus' second coming. Christ is your life. Not your job that you get wound up about. Not the weather. Not your clothes. Not some, the way somebody's acting that you can't control. Who is your life? Christ is your life. Christ is your focus. Christ is the end of all. And, say, and when he comes again, read that with me. He says, you will share in his glory. He says, this is the amazing thing. You're going to share in Christ. Did you know that? The glory of God, the one who is crowned king of kings and lord of lords, you're going to be right by him. He will share his glory with you. He will share his elevation with you. He will share his glory. As the angels worship Jesus, you're going to be read by Jesus as the son, the son, the child of God, the daughter of God, also being worshipped. Glory to Almighty God. When Queen Elizabeth was, was alive, you know what happened to his sons and his grandchildren? They all are being worshipped. <laughs> Amen. It's crazy as it sounds, but this is how it looks like. Like Savior, like child. He says, you're going to experience, amen, the glory of God, an extension of the God. Come around and so be motivated to take out the garbage in your life. You will not always be the joke of others. You will not always be at the bottom of the student pole. You're going to be elevated. You're going to be glorified. You will share in the glory of Christ. So, because of this, do what? Put all evil things out of your life. And he itemized them. Sexual sinning, doing evil, letting evil thoughts control you. One things that are evil and greed. This is really serving a false God. These things make God angry. In your past evil life, you also did these things. But now, put them away. Put, don't keep living the way you used to. He says, get rid of the garbage. Put these things out of your life. Anger, bad temper, doing or saying things to hurt people and using every evil word when you talk. <laughs> Did you notice how much of the garbage that the apostle Paul is talking about that is all in attitude? These are attitudinal. These things that the Bible mentions are bad attitude. These are choices that we make. And God is saying, this is what you've got to do in preparation for the second coming of Christ. Get rid of the bad attitude. Not this is the way I was born. This is the way I feel. This is what others have done. They made me mad. And so I'm doing this. He says, no, 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 no. And so God's saying, before Jesus comes, what should I be doing? What is preparation step number one? Attitude adjustments. The second thing you've got to do is this. Is what? Stay completely connected to who? Christ. Get grounded. Go long and hard. Don't be wishy-washy. 
because whatever it is that you are you are negotiating for Christ whatever it is that is in, in competition with Christ it will be wiped out it will not remain all will pass away but Jesus will stay forever so stay close to Christ and look at what James tells us James 4 5 and verse 7 and 8 James 4 5 7 and 8 read with me it says what the spirit that God gave to live in us wants us for himself alone you see what so so therefore God is not trying to compete with your, your clothes your makeup your bag your car your house your freedom your pleasure God is not trying to compete with what will make you happy no it's in all. He says the spirit that God gave us to live wants us for himself alone. So give yourself completely to God. Draw close to God and he will draw close to you. He says Jesus is coming again. Whether he will come tomorrow, next week, next month, or he will take it will be in the distant future. He says, this is good advice. Draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Whether persecution or happiness, whether hatred, whether famine, whether nakedness, whether imprisonment, whether discrimination, whatever it is, good, bad, or indifferent, here's what you've got to do. Draw close to God and he will draw close to you because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Make him the center of your life and that's what you got to prepare. You live in preparation for the second coming of Christ that will inevitably guaranteed happen he came the first time he is coming again as I told you every fourth statement a fourth statement in the Bible speaks about the coming of Christ the second coming of Christ stay completely connected to Christ First, clean out the garbage, attitude adjustment. Second, what? Stay plugged in, plugged in, plugged into Christ. Look at what John, the Apostle John, tells us on this topic. First John 2, 28. You're going to love this. He says, what? Continue to live in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you see he's talking about the second coming of Christ, right? So what should I do? Right, in preparation for the second coming of Christ, continue to live in fellowship with Christ. Yeah, right? Jesus is coming again, guaranteed. What should I do? Continue to live in fellowship with Christ. So that when he returns, you'll be what? Be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Some people are going to be very afraid when Jesus comes. Those are the unbelievers. Who've turned their back on Christ. Some are going to be in shame. Those are believers who are living outside of the will of God. Who are not in close fellowship with God. He says, oh my gosh, he came too early. Look at me, sinning. <laughs> Look at me, living in disobedience. Look at me, knowing what I need to do and I'm not doing. Look at me, harboring hatred, harboring selfishness, pride, envy. Living my life focused on the things of this world. He says what? Don't do that. Don't live in shame. But live full of courage. <laughs> Glory to God. It's like a child who's doing the right thing and then your parent walks through the door. You are so excited, right? But when you're doing the right thing and your parent walks through the door, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, they, wow. I mean, they came back too early. 
I mean, I, 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 I thought they're going to stay away for long for, for vacation. <laughs> Look at how messy the house is. Look at all these people that I have coming at home that my parents told me not to let anyone in. Now, amen, I'm shrinking in shame. They are calling me. I don't want to come down. <laughs> Jesus is here, but we are running away. He says, don't let it be you. 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 Glory to Almighty God. Glory, but instead, instead, he continue in fellowship so that what? You're going to be full of courage. You're going to be shouting. You're going to be jumping up and down because you are living your life in expectation, in full fellowship of the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter and Paul told us that there will be a great transformation. Right? Your motivation for taking out the garbage is because when Christ comes, you're going to share in his glory. Your motivation for staying connected to Christ. Everything Jesus wants you to do, he puts a promise, he puts a blessing attached to that so that you're going to be motivated. So he says there's going to be great transformation. Look at 1 John 3, verse 2 to 3. I love this portion of scripture. Help me read that. He says, dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know when Christ appears, we know he's talking about the second coming of Christ. He says when Christ appears, we shall be like him. Hello. We shall be like who? Christ. We shall be like him. Oh my Lord. Do you realize that? Do you realize that? So I'm trying to be like this person. I'm trying to be like this person. Quit being like others. Glory to God. And have Christ-like. Christ-like compulsions. Christ-like attitude and behaviors. Because you're going to be. You're going to be like the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. In all his majesty, splendor, and glory. We will be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who hope in him. Purify themselves just as he is. It says, because of the great privilege and the glory of being like Christ, what should you do? Purify yourself. Completely get connected to him. All who have this hope in him, what hope? The fact that we're going to be like him when he comes back again. The fact like we, that we're not going to be second class citizens in heaven. Hello? Today, your name may not be on Times Magazine. Today, people may not be consulting you about different things in life. You may not be one of the who is who in society, in life, but, but it, it, it won't be long. It won't be long. For you're going to be like him. And let this hope, let this hope cause you to live a life of purity a life of committed faithful walk with God to prepare for the second coming of Christ the first step is this cleaning out the garbage in your life in other words get rid of every filth every bad attitude every wicked conduct let it go be incentivized not to hold on to the past anymore yes we are not perfect but when you fall don't stay down when you make a mistake don't keep doing it don't let peer pressure push you to do things that you know it's wrong. Keep doing what's right. Even when you have to suffer for it. 
Secondly, it says what? Because you know the reward, Jesus is coming. And the end is good. The end is good. Only goodness will be there. And we're going to be like him. What? Stay connected to Christ. This is the third thing you've got to do. And this is a big one. This is a big one. Look at this. Read that with me. He says what? Use trouble to become spiritually strong. Jesus has told us over and over again that there will be trouble. There will be persecution. There will be hardships. There will be challenges. Things that I've never seen before. Things that by yourself you can't handle. It will push you beyond your wits. And says, but here's what I want you to do. Use trouble to become spiritually strong. Use trouble to grow your character, grow your faith, increase your dependence upon God. When trouble comes, don't run away from God, but let your troubles run you closer, draw you closer to God. Hello? Right? Let your challenges cause your grip on God to be firm. Oh, James tells us, James 1, 3 to 4. You know that these troubles test your faith. The troubles do what? It's not only to harm you, but it's to help you. They are testing your faith. If faith got te gets tested, gets stronger. <laughs> these troubles what? test your faith. And this will give your endurance a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be what? Strong in character and this and ready for anything. This is a guy who four times says, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. It's going to be bad. There's going to be great distress, great trouble. And so how do you get ready for anything? How do you get ready for good times and for this latter day persecution, hardship, envy, jealousy, pride, brutality. How do you get ready? He says, guess what? Use your troubles to become spiritually strong. Don't waste your problems. Let them test your faith. Let it give your endurance a chance to grow so that you have stamina. You have stamina. Glory to Almighty God. Listen, as a child of God, everything you've gone through in your life that God has brought you out of it ought to make you a stronger person, not a weaker person. You ought to say, guess what? I've been through it before. I'll get through this too. Have you been sick that God has healed you? And so when you have a sickness, should you be afraid? No. You should know that God is your deliverer. And that ought to cost you to what? Trust in him. So your sickness, your pain, your trouble, your hardship, your persecution, all the what? Oh, what, what? Grow your endurance and your patience and your trust and your love and your commitment to Almighty God. So that every time when you go through trouble, you're not running like a kid. Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, I'm so scared. What has God done for you? There are records and records of testimony after testimony of God's deliverance upon your life. What happened? What happened to that? He's done it before. So you tell me that he can do it again? He says, let those tests grow your endurance. Let those tests fully develop you. Let those tests make you strong in character. Why? What for? So that you are what? Ready for anything. Ready for what? Anything. Use your trouble to become what? Spiritually mature. Oh. Let me remind you again. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. But there's a bunch of signs that are given by Jesus, by the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle James. 
so that we as God's people can see clearly ahead of time. The end will be good. Say that with me. The end will be good. But the journey is not going to be smooth all the time. And as the Bible has talked about, we know that this is way past the last days because all the signs that Jesus told us and Peter told us and Paul told us, we know that these signs have been occurring. They continue to occur and they are intensifying and they say they will even be in greater measure. But don't focus on the problems because what? The end is good. <laughs> the end is good. So what should we do in preparation? What are those preparation steps that we talked about? First, clean out the garbage. I.e., attitude adjustment. Second, stay completely connected to God. And third, these persecutions are going to happen. You can't pray them out of your life. So what should you do? What should you do? It says use those troubles to make you spiritually strong. Because they are intended to test your faith. They are intended to strengthen you and to develop you and to give you endurance. So that you will be ready for anything. And here is the big reward. Here is the enchilada. Here is the apex. Here is the grand finale. Here is what Jesus is speaking in Matthew 24. Matthew 24 verse 46 and 47. Here is the reward. Here is what you have got to keep your eyes on. He says, don't get, don't, 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 don't be focused on the weeds. Don't focus on just day to day. Challenge after challenge. Problems are from the ebb and flow of life. The things that are here today and gone tomorrow, it will get you confused. He says, look at the big picture. Look at the big story. Look at what's ahead of you. Look at the reward. Look at the reward. Jesus is speaking in Matthew 24, 46 and 47. Read that with me. He said, Jesus he says, blessings on you if I return and find you doing what? Faithfully doing your work. What's going to happen? I will put such faithful ones in charge of everything I own. Really? Is that a payout? Is that a paycheck that's winning for you? <laughs> Isn't this amazing? You see what's in store for me? <laughs> If I'm faithful when Christ comes, if I'm committed when Christ comes, when I hang in there in spite of difficulties, God says, hey, 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 He says, every day you ought to ask yourself, if Jesus were to come right now, how will I look like? Jesus said, when I come and find you faithfully doing your work, I will put you in charge of everything I own. You're going to be elevated. You're going to be lifted up. There will be crowns and crowns and crowns and crowns on you not just for a year but for eternity 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 forever and ever and ever and ever glory to almighty god glory to almighty god glory to almighty god if you receive this message why don't you give god a shout give him a clap he's coming back oh he's coming back from the walls glory to almighty god and so no matter what we're gonna hang in there we're gonna stick with him we're going to carry in the journey with a God or bad. Amen. Because we know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. We win in the end. We win in the end. Glory to Almighty God. Pray with me, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are going to come again. And that I will see you face to face. I thank you for all the rewards that you have in store for me. So help me to take these preparation steps. Help me to clean out the garbage in my life. 
Help me to be completely committed to you. And Father, yes, you say trouble will come my way. There will be good times and there will be better times. But through it all, help me to stay in faith. Not giving in, not giving up, but standing strong in you. Thank you for the victory that you won for us. Thank you for the blessing in the journey and the winning blessing at the end of the journey. Who <laughs> will love you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. My brother, my sister, you heard the scriptures. It says, when Jesus comes, some will be afraid and many oh, will respond in confidence. I want you to be one of those who will respond in confidence and not be afraid. How? Give your life to Jesus. Open your heart to him. Make him your Lord and Savior so that you too can have a ticket to paradise. How? Pray the very simple prayer. It says, as many as believe in him, Jesus said, I gave them the right to become my child. Pray the simple prayer with me, would you please? The words don't matter, but add your faith to it, and today you'll be set free. Every time we get together, Favor Life Church, we, oh, we take the opportunity to renew and recommit our life to Christ. Why don't you do that today? Let's all pray together if you would. Jesus, I thank you for your blood and your sacrifice of a new life with you. Today, I open my heart to you and I commit my life to you. Make me one of your children. Come in my heart and save me. I want to be with you forever and ever. So thank you for your precious blood and your gift of salvation. Thank you for saving me. From here on, help me to love you, to trust you, to know you more, and to obey you. Help me to fulfill my destiny purpose that you have assigned for me. All for your glory and my good. In Jesus' name, God bless you.